So I'd like to introduce our speaker and explain. Um, we are blessed with four wonderful elders at our church. Elder Becky, Elder Brenda, Elder Janice, and Elder Tate. And elders, according to the Bible, are overseers and leaders of a church group. And they teach, and they preach, and they nurture the church. We've had elders speak at our church before, but ever since this live stream started, we didn't really get a chance to do that. And we want to do that from now on. So uh, starting from today, Elder Brenda will be speaking to us today. What God has given in her heart, she would share with us. And you will see elders, other elders uh, speak throughout uh, time to time. So please keep that in mind. And let us pray for Elder Brenda as she shares from, um, from the word of God and from what God has given her. And uh, may God bless her and speak through her as she shares. How are you this morning? Really? Do you know that today it has been exactly 25 Sabbaths since we all met and filled this sanctuary? 25 Sabbaths. That's about six months. 25 Sabbaths since we've been able to sing together, touch each other with hugs. 25 Sabbaths since we've been able to pray together in Sabbath school, fellowship together in potluck. Just talking about that wells me up with emotion. It makes me sad. It breaks my heart. This COVID virus we're told that in order to move through this and not get it, we need to develop an immunity. Or we need to stay away from each other. Those choices, those aren't good. My sermon title today is on being an immunity community. Immunity community. I want to talk today about how our church family can be a community in the middle of this pandemic. I want to discuss how our church family can support you and you and everyone else on Zoom or on, on live stream, how we can support you in your Christian journey and also be there when you need a friend. I want to explore today what it means to have a spiritual virus and how we can get immunity from it. This pandemic, what's it been like for you? Have you had fear? Have you had some depression? Have you gone stir crazy in your home? Have you worried about what's next? Have you experienced some loneliness? For me, I have gone through the same thing that you have gone through. But somewhere around July, <laughs> I was actually diagnosed positive with COVID-19. That was quite a journey. I have to say, not only physically, but spiritually. I look back on it now, 
and I see that while I may have randomly gotten the COVID virus, God had something very intentional for me to learn. There were some moments that were very dark. Yes, there were sleepless nights. There was fatigue. There were headaches. There was a temperature. But I needed to learn something, and I want to share that with you this morning. And in the middle of that, six weeks of having the virus and then recovering from it, I discovered groceries on my front door. I got a soup, an immunity soup made by Bryce Gosney. I got a special soup and flowers from the pastor and Jasmine. I got a beautiful card and groceries and a whole bunch of other things from, from Jennifer, as well as the dozens and dozens of messages that were on Facebook people praying for me. You don't get this kind of care by living your life on your own. That's why I want to propose this morning that we become a community that's, that helps each other become immune to loneliness, to fear, to worry, to pride, to a lack of purpose, and that we help each other stay connected with God. So there's a slide that's going to go up. We're going to talk about immunity. The definition of immunity is the quality or state of being immune. Well, I always laugh at that because how do you define something with the same word that you're trying to define? So now we move into <laughs> what does it mean to be immune? Being immune is a condition of being able to resist a particular disease, especially through preventing the development, here's a big word, of a pathogenic microorganism. Now, the next question is, how do we get immunity? I asked Google on how to get immunity, and this is what Google said. Immunity to a disease is achieved through the presence of antibodies to that disease in a person's system. Antibodies are proteins produced by the body to neutralize or destroy toxins or disease-carrying organisms. In short, for the children listening, you know how you had to go to a doctor and get a shot in your arm for some things when you were young? That's what it is. It's an inoculation. It's a shot. It's an immunity that's built up in our system. So we don't get that deadly disease. So we understand immunity from science as it relates to illness. But what about in the spiritual sense? How can we become immune to sin? To giving, being immune to giving into temptation, to wandering from God? What is the antibody for spiritual immunity? For the Christian, sin is the toxin. Sin is deadly. It's a disease. Do you think it's possible to become resistant to sin? Resistant to separating ourselves from God? Is it possible to get immunity from giving in to temptation? Let's take these questions to God and see if his word can shed light on the topic. What does the Bible say? So, do you think the word immunity is in the Bible? 
I didn't think it was. I looked it up, and I found that it was. It is in the Bible, and it is in the Amplified Bible in 1 Peter 2.24. So you can look that up in your Bible. You're not going to see the word immune or immunity unless you have the Amplified Version. But the Amplified Version says this. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for righteousness. For by his wounds, we who believe can be healed. You who believe have been healed. There it is. We can become immune from the penalty and power of sin. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, he carried our sins in his body, not just on his body, in his body, so that we are able to die to our sin and live for righteousness, for his righteousness. When we believe that, we're healed. That is great news. So for all practical purposes, we can end this sermon right now. (laughs) We have been given a spiritual inoculation from sin. It's Jesus. It's his death on the cross. And it's possible to believe sin, or excuse me, to be healed and be forgiven from our sin and to live for righteousness. The message brings us hope and joy and assurance. But, there's always a but, but there's a problem. If we are spiritually inoculated from sin because of Jesus, why is it that we fall or fail every day? Why is it that we fall or fail every day? Why is it that we fall into temptation? Why is it that we let fear, worry, loneliness, pride, and selfishness separate us from God? separate us from exactly the thing that he did on the cross for us. He showed his love. We can have joy. We can have peace. I want to explore together this morning that scripture says that it is only when we come together in unity with Jesus and in community with each other that immunity from loneliness, worry, fear, pride, selfishness, and even separation from God will happen. Becoming an immunity community in Jesus is the inoculation, is the antibody to achieve resistance from sin. So let's look at that this morning. This morning we're going to look at seven ways to become an immunity community and seven benefits from being a part of an immunity community. So the seven ways... Number one, assemble together for Christian teaching and fellowship. Confess our sins and pray for one another. Eat together. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Forgive each other. Confess our hope together and give thanks. We're going to briefly go through each one of those so that you can follow along. So I made a slide for you for each one. 
so that you can see the scriptures where I'm getting this from. So slide number one, it says, assemble together. This is coming from Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. It's the scripture that Jim read. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Assemble together. Let's go back to that slide, assemble together, on Hebrews. Let's talk about what it means to assemble. It means to come together, to be in community with each other. Now, during this COVID crisis, we've kind of been given some rules and laws to say we can't assemble together, right? We can have a maximum of 10 and we have to be miles apart from each other. But we can still assemble. And our church has been very creative, praise God for that, that we still have assembling options that are going on. We need to continue to assemble and not give in to the temptation to do life on our own, especially now. In Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So in this item number one, of what it means to be an immunity community. We need to assemble together for Christian teaching and fellowship. They go hand in hand. They're not separated. Number two, it says, confess your sins and pray for one another. Now, growing up, I hated it when people said, okay, we need to confess our sins. And I'm going, okay, what do I need to think of? And then I'm going, I, I, I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I don't have one of those kinds of conversion stories. So what is it? And I was trying to dig for some deep, dark secret that I can confess. Well, the Lord has led me on a journey to realize we need to confess our need for him. That's what we need to confess. When that started making sense, I didn't have any problem with the word confess. Because if I confess I have a need for Jesus and I'm in a community of people, I will get prayer. I will be prayed for. You will be prayed for. So that completely changed everything when I started learning that confessing is a whole lot different than trying to dig up something. So I want to ease your mind on that one because in our small groups in the week, during the week, confessing our sins is now becoming a little bit easier because we can confess our need. We can confess our need for Jesus in our life. And we can pray together. All right, number three, eat together. Oh, my our potlucks at this church, do you remember those? Every Sabbath. We haven't had a potluck together for six months. But one of the things that we can do as an immunity community is eat together, and we're going to do it virtually tonight at the Agape Feast. And it says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, you heard that already, and to the breaking of bread and to the breaking of bread and prayers. It all goes together. So between the scripture of Acts 2, 42 to 44, and Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, we can see the basics of what it means to be an immunity community. Now, eating together. I want to just spend a little bit more time on this, and I would say that the next scripture I want to share with you is Luke 22, 14, and 15. It is probably my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. I hear something from Jesus that is so moving. 
And it goes like this. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, with desire, I have desired this, to eat with you this Passover before I suffer. This is one of those places where there's repetition. With desire, I have desired. So Jesus desires to eat with them, but there is an emotion that goes with this line, that he has an emotional response to his desire to eat with the disciples. He is getting ready to be crucified, and he wants to spend time with his friends. Ponder this moment. Put yourself in the scene. You're sitting at the table with Jesus and the disciples. On one level, the atmosphere is relaxed. Then in a soft voice, you hear Jesus' words. You hear his heart. You hear his need. With desire, I have desired this, to eat with you this Passover before I suffer. Do you wonder if the twelve heard what he said? There is longing in his voice. There is love in his voice. Do these words have a meaning for you today? The message is still the same. Jesus longs to connect with us like a family at a dinner table. He wants to hear what we have to say. He wants us to listen to him and hear what he has to say to us. He wants to hear our struggles. He deeply cares. So I invite you today to put yourself in this story. Come to the table where Jesus is reclining and hear his desire to meet with you. Hear his desire to get us all back together and eat together. He's saying, come to the table and be filled. So we've talked about three of the things that make up an immunity community. We're now going to move to number four, and that is asking for the Holy Spirit. There's two scriptures I want to share with you. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and Luke 11, 13. In Luke 11, 13, it says, Your heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We have to ask for the Holy Spirit. And many of the small groups have been praying and learning about prayer and the Holy Spirit, and it has changed our life. We have to continue to ask and ask and ask. And in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When I saw that scripture, I just stopped, and I'm going, fellowship, that's what we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit wants us to fellowship with him, and he becomes present in our fellowship groups so we can fellowship with him. So we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Number five of becoming an immunity community, we need to forgive each other. This one's not easy. This one is not easy. When you start hanging around a bunch of humans after a while, week after week, what are you going to see? You're going to see... Yeah, you're going to see real. You're going to see imperfections. 
you're going to hear stories and you're going to go, ooh, wow, they said that about themselves. I wonder who I could tell that to. We're going to have to forgive each other. And it says in Matthew 6, 14 to 15, and there's many other scriptures on forgiveness. I only picked one. It says, if you forgive other people when, you, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We have to continue to forgive. I will just briefly share. During the time when I was sick with COVID, I will tell you that the focus of that dark journey spiritually was precisely on forgiveness. In the middle of the night, I was woke up, woken up many times with the thought, Brenda, you need to forgive. I was even prompted to make a list of people who have wronged me all of my life. And I was given the scripture about by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. And that we are to bring the people who have wronged us on our backs to Jesus so that Jesus can forgive them and forgive me. So forgiveness is super, super important. That is a barrier to becoming vulnerable and surrendering. So I want to encourage us to forgive. Number six, this is one that got me so excited. And it comes back to the scripture that Jim read today in Hebrews 10, 23. There's so many things in that scripture. We have to just break them down a little slowly. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. There is nothing like being in a group of Christians and confessing the hope that we have in Jesus, sharing testimonies, reminding each other that Jesus is alive and working in our lives, reminding each other that God's word says who he is. And it says what he thinks about us. And we have a hope. There's even a hymn. We have this hope that burns within our heart. And when we come together as an immunity community, we can confess that hope. We can declare it to the loudest part of our lungs and the highest mountains and, and right in our living rooms. Number seven, give thanks for each other. Now, there are scriptures that talk about thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. But this scripture was interesting. It says, we ought always to thank God for you. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 Brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. So yeah, we are to give thanks to Jesus for what he's done for us, but we are to give thanks to each other for what Jesus is doing in their lives. It's a different perspective, and it's really, really motivating to me to realize we need to affirm each other with what's going on in our lives, and we need to thank each other. It's, it's just beautiful. So there's the seven ways to become an immunity community, and I'm just going to review them. Assemble together for Christian teaching and fellowship. Confess our sins and pray for one another. Eat together. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Forgive each other. Confess our hope together and give thanks. Now I want to share the benefits of being involved in an immunity community. So. I'm going to share the seven that we're going to talk about so you can start thinking about them. Number one, become more aware of and resist temptation. Receive restoration and healing. Grow in faith and perseverance. Get inspired to love and serve. Receive encouragement 
gain victory and have friends praying for us. Those are benefits of being in a community. Number one, become more aware of temptation and resist temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you except that is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That is a promise to us personally, and when we're involved in, with people, we get encouragement and reminders to be aware of temptation, to study what Satan does in your life specifically to get you off track. Number two, receive restoration and healing. This is not an easy one to talk about because most of us don't want to talk about where we've been hurt. And James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. We've covered that, but keep going so that you may be healed It's a mathematical equation. Confess, pray, healing. The the effective prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much. The effective prayer of our friends and family can accomplish much. 2 Corinthians 13.11, on the same topic of receiving restoration and healing, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. If you are not restored in a relationship with somebody, we need to strive for full restoration. Number three, grow in faith and perseverance. Basically, James 1, 2 to 3, it says, don't give up. Keep going. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, like COVID-19, of many kinds, like for six months now, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. Go deeper with God. We think we arrive And then something happens, and we go, well, what happened, God? All that wonderful thing when we arrived went away. No, keep going. There's another level. I I used the analogy the other night in our small group. It's like a kid on a video game. They can hardly wait to get their video game, and they're getting to a level. And they get to the level, and they get even more excited. So they keep coming back to it and get to the other level, and the other level, and the other level. And they're so excited. But it's hard, right? Kids get frustrated when they're trying to achieve the next level. It's the same with the spiritual journey. We need to get excited to go through the testing because it shows the perseverance, it creates the perseverance, and it creates the joy that comes from persevering. Number four, get inspired to love and serve. Now, I looked up the scripture, the Hebrew scripture that we've been reading, and there's different words depending on the version. But the version that I love the most in the Hebrews 10 scripture, is closely related to the Greek, is this. Let us consider one another in order to stir up. Stir up love, stir up good works. When we are on our own, by ourselves, in the privacy of our own home, who's motivating us to do anything? Who's challenging us? Who are we accountable to? 
And being with friends and family and a group like this, it can stir up love. We hear somebody sharing about loving somebody, doing something for somebody. It can stir up that excitement. Hey, I want to try that too. It can also stir up good works. So we, when we, a benefit of being together as an immunity community is that we get stirred up to love and serve. Number five, receive encouragement. Now, <clears throat> this is one where I've, I'm giving you three scriptures because I do believe from my heart that our church family needs encouragement today. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 We've read it again. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together or the habits of some, but encouraging one another all the more, all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to be encouraging each other even more. We need to come in contact with each other to encourage each other. Romans 5.15, Romans 15.5, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. We need to keep encouraging each other as Jesus is encouraging each other. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encouraging one another of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. We see these scriptures. There's a recipe for making it through to be inoculated from sin. It's being together. It's encouraging each other. It's living in one mind. It is fellowshipping, fellowshipping together. S slide number six on this section says gain victory. Gain victory, 1 John 5, 4. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Do we all want victory? We all want victory. How do we get victory? By faith. We've come this far by faith. I think of songs all the time, like my mother did. We've come this far by faith. Our faith is the victory. Godfrey, that's another song. Faith is the victory, right? 1 John 5, 4, we can gain victory by being together and encouraging one another. And then finally, number seven, for the benefits, we will have friends praying for us. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, we give thanks to God always for all of you making mention of you in our prayers. We cannot neglect praying for each other, praying for people we know, praying for friends of friends that we don't know, praying for countries that we know nothing about. We can pray. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us into who we should pray for. 2 Timothy 1.3, it says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. That's not just once a day. Morning and evening and all through the day, we need to be praying for each other. So there you have it. Seven ways to become an immunity community and seven benefits of being part of an immunity community. The seven ways assemble together for Christian teaching and fellowship. Confess our sins and pray for one another. Eat together. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Forgive each other. Confess our hope together. Give thanks for each other. The seven benefits of being a part of an immunity community become more aware of to resist temptation. Receive restoration and healing. Grow in faith and perseverance. Get inspired to love and serve. Receive encouragement. 
gain victory, and have friends who are praying for us. Do you want to receive these benefits right now, which comes from being in an immunity community? Yes, we have membership. Yes, we have acquaintances when we see each other from week to week in this church family. And yes, we have corporate worship. There is, that is so important to have those things. But if we want what Jesus intended for us to grow our spiritual lives and to help each other, we need to get help on our spiritual journey. We need to experience victory. We, he wants us to have friendships and fellowship. He wants us to grow in faith. He wants us to get encouragement, and he wants to have us have the support to stay strong when times are tough. We need to be in community. Now, this church has had an amazing community, but we've been separated for 25 Sabbaths. Now, we need to be more intentional about keeping that community going. Never did God intend for us to be alone. His plan was not just for once-a-week sermons. His plan was for regular, continual fellowship, just like the disciples, that including te included teaching, eating, singing, and praying in smaller groups and in the intimacy of our homes. Each one of us is in a different place when it comes to being engaged with our church family. And I'm not saying that any of those places are wrong. But each one of us is in a different place. I know for me, I had a wall up. I would only go so far with you guys. I didn't want to show my vulnerability and the truth that I'm a sinner. I am in need of a God, our God. God has told me point blank during these last 25 weeks that I had to change that. God has given me the opportunity and privilege to experience an immunity community through the 40 Days of Prayer prayer group that we started in March. And it's now continued through morning calls and evening small groups. The friendships that have grown with Anita, with Estella, with Ryan, with Liz, with Jay Young, with Jerry, Amar, Becky, Janice, Jim, Kira, Nursey, Pastor Bay, Nella, Delia, the two Jennifers. It's priceless. And there's more people, but those are the ones that I've known the most. These people have encouraged me and has pushed me to a higher, wider, and deeper relationship with Jesus. And as we go through these COVID crisis, these countless weeks, we really need to honestly address the longing that we have because we haven't been in connection with each other. The first step that I would like to suggest is very simple. Just show up. Just show up. Participate somehow, whether it's a group here in our church family or it's a group that you're joining on your own. Look at the options for assembly. Assembly is so important. Make friends. Share yourself. Have courage to let the wall down. Let each other, let others care for you. Let yourself care for people. Sometimes we've been hurt in our heart and we have made a decision that we will not get vulnerable again. God 
is wanting you to look at that. Let yourself heal from your hurts and your loneliness. And if you're already assembling, I want to challenge you to take the next step. Reach out. Call someone. Text someone. Drop someone a surprise gift at their door. Pray for someone and then let them know you just prayed. We assume that everyone is okay right now. Trust me, everyone is not okay. We are not okay. We also expect that others should reach out to us. We know we're hurting, but we forget that others are hurting too. We tend to get mad or hurt because no one is remembering us. Let's not go there. Let's not do that. Let's connect. What if we were to ask the Holy Spirit who we should pray for and then wait? Who comes to mind? Pray for them and then show them. When I got COVID, groceries, flowers, and cards showed up on my front doorstep when I was sick. Told you about the messages that came through, the cards that came from VBS kids. I was moved. I wasn't used to being on the receiving end. I was used to doing the giving. My dear friend Janice, point blank in her way, told me, get used to it. Just be thankful. Let others help you. Let the love of your friends come in and heal you. I felt so loved and cared for and prayed for. I really felt even more a part of this community. I also received a soup from Bryce Gosney, and he called it immunity soup. I had no idea what he was talking about. I looked it up. It was amazing, by the way. I looked it up, and I'm going, look at all these different recipes for immunity soup. And as we were brainstorming about our agape feast, I thought, hey, guys, why don't we get this immunity soup recipe out to our church family and call it an immunity community soup to fellowship together. So many of us will be eating that tonight. The recipe is on our website. And I invite you prayerfully to consider joining one of our fellowship groups. There's something almost every night of the week. I also invite you to come tonight to our virtual online agape feast. Tonight at 6, we're going to be engaging in assembly together. We're going to eat together, but in our own homes, but online together. We're going to sing together. We're going to share with each other, and we're going to pray together. We're going to build our community together to be an immunity community. I believe tonight that if you come, you will experience a community that is committed to you to help you be immune from your loneliness, from your fear, from your worry, from your lack of purpose, from your pride, from your selfishness, and even from your separation from God. God has promised that when we come together in community, he will show up and we will receive encouragement, we will grow in faith, we will gain the victory over the cares of the world, and we will live by Christ's righteousness and be healed. 
And I want to leave this blessing with you as our prayer. And it comes from Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. I pray this for all of you, my immunity community, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. That is my prayer for you. Amen. I invite the praise team to come up and do our final song. <laughs>